What's up, guys, and welcome to BitCast episode 104 for the week of November 13th, 2022. I'm your host, Jake Martin, and on the show this week, we have the world's best businessman at Business Matt, a.k.a. Matt Intiman. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> you like that introduction? I don't think I've actually introduced you that way before. As Business Matt? Well, yeah. Biz, the best businessman at Business Matt. <laughs> You've definitely never said that before. Where where did you get the the idea for that that uh, that tag? That um, honestly, so you know, Flight of the Concords, right? Yes, and you know the song Business Time. Ah, yeah. So I was kind of thinking that, and he says, you know, when I'm down to just my socks, that's why they call them my business socks because yeah. it's time for business. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just went with business, man. <laughs> that's actually a great. That's a great story. I uh, I reference that all the time, like at work. I'm like. Mm, you know it's business time, uh, and like no one, like no one catches the reference. And I'm like, yeah, it's probably good that you don't understand that reference, actually. And it was kind of funny because I picked that name when I was like a fry cook at Jefferson's. So it's like yeah. I was not doing any kind of business at all. <laughs> I was like flipping burgers and dropping fries. You're not a modern day tech bro who's no. trying, trying to sling crypto on the that internet. came later. Yeah. <laughs> Well, dude, so glad to have you on the podcast. Um, always a pleasure. You're, you're the best. And uh, today, Matt and I are having a fun discussion of obviously about what we've been playing, but then nostalgia and its connection to the video game industry or just really video games in general, because I think those two are linked pretty closely. But before we do that, uh, a little bit of housekeeping, uh, housekeeping. Be sure to check out our polls on Spotify. We'll usually put up spoles up. Uh, I can't talk. Polls during the podcast and so you can jump in there and respond on spotify if you'd like to and you can also leave reviews on any of those platforms so that'd be greatly appreciated and then check out bitblogs on twitch we're doing some live streams here and there and i'm doing a playthrough of banjo kazooie uh so we're having we're having some fun guys we're having some fun uh moving on though drink of the show matt what, what do you got on your side i got the untitled art Ooh. s'mores dark brew non-alcoholic beer how, s'mores is there are there hints of chocolate marshmallow and graham cracker in there oh yeah it all comes through yeah <laughs> it's all there and the campfire too it's a little smoky <laughs> super smoky kind of just stains your nostrils yeah it's mm-hmm. great uh i am boring i'm drinking some some agua today because i as i mentioned before we started recording i got some i think i have some allergies i think i have seasonal allergy allergies and i've just now realized this as a 31 year old so you know Always time to try something new, I guess. So we're popping that Zyrtec right now, trying to trying to keep the coughs down. Uh, all right. Now, Matt, this is going to be a weird one because I feel like you and I have not been able to play as much. But I got to know, if you are, mm-hmm. what are you playing? So you know this, but one of the last games that I completed was Inscription. Mm. I was wanting to ask about this. So what were your thoughts? Uh, it was unlike anything I've ever played before. So good, right? It's like, I haven't been that genuinely surprised by a game in a very long time. Yes. Maybe ever. I feel like it was a perfect mask of, of horror that like you, you went into it thinking that it was going to be a spooky game Mm -hmm. and it kind of, it kind of is a spooky game still. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't want to really ruin it for anybody else, but it does something like, I don't know, I would say it, what, a third of the way through the game, maybe like halfway through the game, and it totally flips everything on its head, and you're introduced to an entirely different 
sort of scenario or like yeah you just gotta you gotta play it so if you're okay with like some deck building and some like card based strategy uh give it a shot because it's extremely fun i went in completely blind didn't look anything up i just Mm -hmm. heard somebody really liked it and i saw some buzz on the internet and so i bought it and then as soon as i was like okay i know what this game is about completely like pulled the rug out from under me i know like you and I were talking about it like before we were like, oh man, these mechanics are so great. Like I love how inventive this is and yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's really, really deep if you want to like think about what cards you're pulling and how you want to build your deck. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the whole game, the whole game changes after a certain point. So And it kind of scratched that same itch as Hades for me. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was, that was nice. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One more run, one more run. Yeah. One more run. And yeah. I... And I feel like the game is generous in how it gives you like your death cards. I liked that mechanic where if you die, which you're going to die, just mm-hmm. that's not a spoiler. Uh, it'll give you, um, yeah, you like have the chance to combine three of the different, like three elements from different, three different cards to make yep. a super card essentially. And sometimes if you die early, you, you make a really terrible death card and you're like, this sucks. I don't, <laughs> I don't want this thing. Uh, but sometimes you get some really OP combos, like the three hit, three hit power with like eight damage or something like that so you're just you're just wrecking people Well, and like the insta kill power up too like i was sniping guys or i had i had a card that was like uh basically an auto turret and it would go in front of whatever card was played and it had an insta kill too yeah so anyway nobody knows what we're talking about but (laughs) this game was just announced for switch like as a very small thing on the indie showcase it was and yeah i I don't know. Why do you think that is? Why do you think like it wasn't as big of an announcement? Because maybe it's been out and people are over it already, and they they want to move on to the next thing. Or is I don't know. It feels like it could have been a bigger deal. You know, it's like I would be pumped if I only owned a Switch. Like this is a great game coming. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, more games to Switch is always good because I would prefer I would have preferred to play that game handheld as well. Uh, But you know, it came out on PS5, and I was like, sure, I'll play it. Uh, so cool. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That was that was a fun one to talk about because yeah, that game's so good. Um, but Check besides that, I actually just beat Majora's Mask on the 3DS. So I bought mm. that game two years ago and I just beat it, which I'm happy about. Have you played all the 3D Zelda games now? Yes. Okay. And I I would already beat this one, so I beat Majora's Mask for the second time. Sweet. I'm I I'm doing well. I had this slated after this this month's podcast to talk about or to do like a ranking the best ranking the 3d zelda games you know trying Uh to like rank them in order which ones are best to worst Uh and i think you'd be you'd be a good candidate for that podcast yeah i mean (laughs) i've played every zelda i've beaten every zelda game except for zelda (laughs) 2 and that's yeah but that's why i only said 3d we're not doing 2d games because that's just there's there's too many there's too well and four out of my five top zelda games are, are 3d okay yeah i mean so i i i prefer the 3d games to the 2d games anyway me too me too but there are some. There's like one or two out there that that I still think are pretty solid. I actually mm-hmm. really liked uh, A Link Between Worlds, and I would. I don't know. Would you consider that 3D or 2D? What like uh, that'd isometric? be 2D. Yeah, yeah, that'd be 2D. It's, it's top sure. down, but it's 2D. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, all right. Well, so for me, I have been kind of bouncing around a lot. The PlayStation Plus catalog is pretty sweet because it's given me a lot of games I, I knew I wanted to play. So I downloaded Tunic. I haven't even played that yet. I so did I. My, I have it on my PS5. I'm like, I am going to play this eventually. Uh, and then I also got uh, the Hot Wheels game. I just tried that for a little bit. I was playing the Hot Wheels game. I was like, cool. This is a good racer. Very competent. 
and then I've been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake Intergrade because uh, that's also on the catalog and it's really good. So I'm like maybe 15, 20 hours into that. Uh, but really, what I think I'm going to spend the rest of my time with until I beat it is uh, God of War uh, Ragnarok. That came out this week or I guess last week. Yeah. And I did. I wasn't planning on getting it, but Hannah, I just had mentioned, I was like, oh, it comes out today. You know, I was like, I'm not sure. I'll probably get it eventually. And then I came home and she had it already on the table. I was like, all right, sweet. I guess I'm playing God of War. Heck yeah. Part of me was like, dang it. I'm not going to finish any of these games that I have. Uh, <laughs> but I, I've, I've started it. It's great. Um, you're definitely welcome to borrow it. It feels like an improvement from the original one on PS4. Did you play the one on PS4? Uh, I started it, but I haven't finished it. So okay. I, I'm going to get back into it. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's, I think that's actually on the catalog too. I think you can play God of War, the original one for free. Well, not for free, but I don't, I, I don't know. We'll see. But anyways, I played it. It's great. And I'm only like maybe four hours in. Um, but it just seems like they're doing something cool with the story. Like it just started opening up into like what we're going to be actually doing. Uh, so combat's really cool. Puzzles are pretty, pretty uh, complex. So excited to do more. Can't wait. Excited to do more. But speaking of doing more, Matt, let's talk about doing doing less, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and in the way of doing less. You know, sometimes all you really need is just a good bit of nostalgia. You know what I'm saying? You like that segue? <laughs> yeah. Very smooth. <laughs> didn't really didn't really connect. Uh, but yeah, so I, I've been thinking about nostalgia a lot because I feel like we're at an age now where, you know, uh, in the 90s, we grew up with a certain set of games, N64, Game Boy, Super Nintendo, even Nintendo for some of us. Uh, and now we're adults, some of us have kids, and we're starting to see some of these games come back, uh, mm-hmm. either in virtual console format uh, on the Switch. So, you know, obviously with NSO seeing all these 64 games starting to come out on the console, I'm like, oh man, this is great just seeing this game again. Oh man, I forgot how much I liked pokemon snap and mm-hmm. all these other things that are just coming out and stirring up all this nostalgia from my childhood yep and so it got me thinking i was like man nostalgia and video games really really linked together more than i thought they were if you like start going down this rabbit trail i'm not going to spoil the conversation because we're going to get there so what i thought we would do first is define nostalgia or nostalgia however you however you pronounce it um according to google Nostalgia is a sentimental longing or wistful affection for the past, typically for a period or place with happy personal associations. So, I mean, that makes sense, right? That's just Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it is. There's no better definition. But in this case, if we want to apply like the video game element to that, you can kind of just tuck it in there like a sentimental longing or a wistful affection for a video game from the past, typically mm-hmm. for a period of time with happy personal associations. So, and I have a feeling we're really going to go into this, but like the context and like your situation as you were playing these games is almost just as important as the game itself. I agree. Yes. Uh, I think that's like a major element of it is, you know, where were you at this time? Like what was going on in your life around yes. you that made this more powerful or impactful? Um, than- so I kind of wonder if the game itself is like interchangeable, you know, because it's like these happy times of life. And then it's just like you remember what you were playing in that happy time of life. Exactly. 
So yeah, I don't. Yeah, what what comes first? Is it the mm-hmm. is it the moment in time that was happy, or is it the game that that you associate with those happy times? I don't know. I don't know. I can't so it's answer both. that. I'd say yeah. I'd say equally both. Uh, and I also, what's fun is I, I asked this question on Twitter, and we got some some responses. So after this first question, I'll uh, be reading some of these off on here as I can scroll through them. So my first question for you, Matt, is what if you could name one? What is your most nostalgic video game related memory? Yeah. So I actually I thought about this one a lot, and so. It's very tough to decide because I have really great memories of waiting in line for the Wii to come out. We Mm. we waited for like 12 hours. We camped out at Walmart, uh, you know, finally got the console, went home, played Wii Sports for the first time, like was incredible. So good. So good. Also, there was like Super Smash Bros. Brawl where they had the dojo leading up to it for months that we would check religiously and like... (laughs) <laughs> that that was all I could think about for months, you know, what character were they going to show next? Or like you'd log on and they would just like say banana peels are going to be in this game. It'd <laughs> yeah. be so sad. So that game like came out on a Saturday. We stayed up all night playing it, went to mm. church the next morning. We're like falling asleep in the front row. And then uh, totally we played all it. the next day and it was incredible. So those are good memories, but I put this in the outline too, but I think the best memory that I have is uh, the first apartment that I owned. I hosted some guys' nights there. Oh, I was—I um, remember these. And so it was like the first time I had my own place. Uh, we set up like four TVs. We had Halo Two with four controllers. We had uh, a GameCube with Melee and four controllers on that. We had a Wii U and Nintendo Land, which I'm sure I've talked about this on this podcast (laughs) before, but I think Nintendo Land is one of the best party games ever made. I agree. I agree. I actually mentioned it later in this in this uh, show notes as well. It's fantastic. And it came with the freaking system. I mean, the 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 Nintendo pack ins usually deliver, I I would say, you know, I mean, Wii Sports, Nintendo Land, at least those two back to back. They should have just like made Nintendo Land 2, honestly, for the Switch. I think that would have been great. Hey, it could um, still happen. It could still happen. So, yeah, that memory was so good because I had one drawer of my fridge was full of Miller High Life. One drawer of my fridge was full of Red Bulls. And I had, like, friends from camp that were there. I had friends from uh, school, you know, the guy's house. I had a couple of bellhops people there, like... It was just this gathering. People would just show up, and we were just balling out, playing games. Uh, People a great from time. walks of all life there. I mean, this. I'll I'll put the picture in the in the actual like recorded video. But yeah, this is great. I mean, you can just see everyone in here. Just we're, I'm in the background sipping on a beer. Jeff's next to me. You're just you're just eyeing. It looks like they're playing some. They're, they're playing uh, Nintendo Land. Nintendo they're playing Land. like Mario Chase or something. I love to see it. I love to see it. This is great. You got Zach over there. Heck yeah. So yeah, we used to play those games for hours. Just run it back, run it back, run it back. Like Nintendo Land, uh, Mario Chase, the ghost game, and you know, the candy candy mm-hmm. game was so good. Oh, so good. So good. And I think again, like we were talking about, you know, this is a time yep. that was a little bit less uh let's just say like 
it was a bit more free flowing. Like it was much easier to make nights like this happen where you could just say, Hey, well, I'm, I'm going to host a game night, you know, this weekend. And like every, like everyone's able to show up and just hangs yeah. out for a while, you know? Yeah. Now it's like, this is really hard to make something like that happen. Uh, yeah. so yeah, definitely the nostalgia is real in this, in this image. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, um, this is kind of a funny one cause I think everyone has something similar to this, but my brothers and I all got sick. Um, like, I think the same week that Metroid Prime had come out for the GameCube. Uh, and so it just, it, it literally just was like a, a rare coincidence that we all got sick and Metroid Prime had come out. So, like, we had the game. And then my mom was like, Yeah, you guys just can stay home. And she got us Gatorades. And we literally just spent like three days in a row just straight, just crushing Metroid Prime. Just, just. I mean, he. I'd watch my brother play. He would die. He'd give me the controller. I would take over and play for a little bit. We wouldn't. We wouldn't let my younger brother play because you know he wasn't. He wasn't good enough yet. That game was hard. It was actually really hard. Yeah, the, yeah. the puzzles were tough. Uh, and so I just like have very fond memories of like anytime I drink a yellow Gatorade, I think of Metroid Prime. Like playing no with my brothers. <laughs> anytime that I hear that music, I think of that exact time. And then like usually, yeah, like if I if I'm gonna say which of the Metroid Primes is my favorite, it's gonna be the first one. Yeah. Not because I mean I think it's probably the best one out of the three, but also. It just again, it's attached to that memory. So I'm like, oh man, yeah, Metroid Prime. When that first came out, I just, yeah, such good times. Such good I have memories. such good memories of that game too, because me and my brother used to trade off every boss. Like we, you would play until you beat a boss, and then you'd hand it off to the other. Or no, we would like take turns playing, but yeah, we would always alternate boss fights, mm. and so we would we would even it out. That's good synergy. That's good yeah. synergy right there. Just trading off. I love that. Uh, so I so I asked this question on uh, Twitter. I said, "All right, guys, Matt and I are podcasting tonight about video game nostalgia. What are your strongest video game related memories?" We're reading responses off on the show. Uh, so let's see. Uh, Eleven and a half minutes. Mark responded, and he said, "The N sixty four was the coolest thing as a kid, but being all of seven years old, I was unaware of any gaming news. So I was floored when I went over to a friend's house one day and found out that GameCube and a new Smash Bros even existed because he just got them for his birthday. So <laughs> I can't imagine like." Just thinking the N64 was the only Nintendo <laughs> console and then just seeing a GameCube and you're like, what is this? Yeah. And that demo for, I mean, Smash Bros. was a huge jump graphically. I remember I remember like in the kiosks in GameStop just being blown away by how good that game looked. I, I like, used to pause and like zoom in on the Falcon <laughs> Punch and be like, it looks like a Falcon. Oh, do you see this? Look at, you can see Donkey Kong's hairs. This is amazing. Uh, Slonka Bomb friend of the show um she's awesome y'all go follow her on youtube she's close to 500 so she's uh she's she's doing a lot of streams over there she said easy spoiler just in case you guys haven't played final fantasy 7 she said seeing Aerith die in final fantasy 7 and then having to fight the boss right after i remember being 12 legit in tears and not knowing how i could get through everything about that scene is just heartbreaking materia flying out of her hair clouds reactions still gutted <laughs> <laughs> So more of a sad, nostalgic memory, but I think of, I, I know that that was a huge moment for a lot of people in that game because you didn't think she was going to die, and then it, it happened. So like I'm sure that was a huge impact on a lot of people. And then Justin replied and said, "And I am ready. I'm already preparing myself to get hurt again in the remake." <laughs> <laughs> uh, we had two people actually. So Justin uh, from Nintendo Watcher, he said, uh, "I was absolutely blown away the first time I traded a Pokemon with a friend using the Game Boy Link cable." Yep. And uh, Brandon Saltamakia, I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'll have to ask him later. He said the first attempt at trading Pokemon using a link cable, that shit felt like magic. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, 
I I responded to him and I was like, oh, dude. And then, yeah, like transferring your Pokemon to Pokemon Stadium and, and like seeing them in 3D. I remember just being just blown away. I was like, this this is it. This we we have reached it. I mean, I still remember the first time I saw Pokemon Yellow on a Game Boy. You know, like I was at my neighbor's house and I'd never seen anything like it doesn't look like anything else. You know, yeah. if you've only played Mario and then you see Pokemon, it's like it's a completely different game. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, get, I can't even like think about like what it would be like to discover Pokemon today. But like as a kid, just now coming into the Pokemon series, like they're just like, what is this? I can catch these things in the wild and then they're mine. Like they're mm-hmm. mine. It's like, yeah, that's how it works. That's that's the whole premise. That's all you do. <laughs> And then uh, Matthew from Nintendo Watcher also rep- uh, responded. And he said, playing 30 hours of Mario Tennis 64 in the hospital after recuperating from surgery. It had just released and was a gift well gift from my parents. They brought my N64 to the hospital and the nurses wheeled me in one of those giant CRTs you would have in elementary school classes. Amazing. And I was like, that is, I, I mean, yeah, what a way to experience Mario Tennis just in the hospital, like in recovery. I'm sure like, he probably wasn't even thinking about like his body hurting or whatever. It just, 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 just play Mario tennis, having a great time. So great responses, everyone. Thanks for, for jumping in on that and mentioning something. So love it. Now let's move on to the other part of this discussion now. So nostalgia and video games together. Mm-hmm. So I asked this question and I'm gonna have you kind of give me your take first. How much do you think nostalgia plays into like modern video game marketing initiatives yeah i mean i think it definitely does play it it has to and you know i i saw your answer a little bit talking about that nintendo's kind of built a brand around this you know like they're celebrating third and fourth decade like celebrations anniversaries for these series but i don't think they go far enough honestly Mm, how so so they have these franchises that they created and that we love. And, you know, I know that you're a fan of Star Fox 64 and you get nostalgic for that game and want to go back and play it. But where is Star Fox today? Like where, where is he? Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's taking a long sabbatical. He's taking a, taking a long break. He's not, he's not hanging out. So yeah, it also made me think about, there's like a couple different approaches to nostalgia as well. Like, there's the mentality of where you know your target audience has aged up, you know, mm-hmm. and you kind of grow with them and you try yeah. to make something that they will enjoy and like will kind of bring them back. And I kind of view Breath of the Wild as that. Like there's tons of callbacks into the series, like there's items from the game, like I mean that that game is like a love letter to Zelda fans, but it completely like changes the formula too. So it's like fresh and new for Longtime Zelda fans that have played everything. Mm. But That's, then, sorry, um, real quick. That's a good point on design um, yep. and how they will they will use these Easter eggs to pull in little bits of nostalgia. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we're gonna harken back to this, and only folks that have like played it will like, oh, like, oh, that's cool. And like, there is el- there is nostalgia in that. Sorry, continue. And then I also think about companies that don't like age up their product. Like, I think that. 
Pokemon is still kind of making games for the same age group. Like mm-hmm. they never really shifted their target that much. Like they've kept this age group and they're just feeding it into that. So like yeah. as we age up, we're kind of aging out of Pokemon a little bit. At least that's how I feel. I haven't played a Pokemon yeah. game in a minute. Um, I mean, probably a couple of generations, honestly. Yeah, I always like jumping into like the newest Pokemon games. I'm like, cool, yes. Um, but I, I have this, I have the same kind of feelings. Like, where I'll I'll play it, and I'm like, yeah, this is Pokemon. Um, um, but like, it's the same kind of thing for me. And maybe, and maybe it's just like, yeah, maybe they haven't like changed it in a significant way where it's interesting to me anymore. Maybe like I've just had so much Pokemon or that same exact experience where I don't care anymore. But you're right; it has been kind of the same it has been mm-hmm. a lot of the same and that's great you know that's the, one of the most successful franchises in the world so and i think uh nintendo is like the master of weaponizing nostalgia <laughs> like i've bought the same game probably six times yes <laughs> i keep buying it they keep offering it and i keep buying it it doesn't matter <laughs> that's what i was gonna say it's like it's like i don't even i don't need nso but i'm paying for it because i'm just like well what if I want to play, you know, one of these random old games that I haven't played in like 20 or 30 years? I mean, it gets me every time I I played Paper Mario recently and I loved it. I thought it was I thought it, I thought it was awesome. And that was probably my third time playing through that. But I mean, I'll keep doing it. I'll just keep on going back. So luckily, we're getting to a point of like a subscription model where like you have ac- you should have access to all these things like in yes. a library rather than like. Yeah, because I bought it, you know, when it first came out, and then I bought the HD remake, and then mm-hmm. I bought the virtual console version, and then I bought the portable version, and then and then you bought the original version again, and it was yeah. eighty dollars instead of twenty dollars. Yeah. Because it's not the same unless you're playing on the original hardware. Oh man, it's so true though. It's so true. I think a lot of nostalgia is tied to the medium you played it in as well, like people would probably say like you can't play an n64 game really without the n64 controller it doesn't feel the same and i would i would i would agree with that um and just like visually it looks a lot different too you know you're playing on a 1080 or hd tv versus a 480 standard def tv and it looks way different um so Mm -hmm. and so and i also think about like the the newest Kirby game. Like I know nostalgia pulled me into that and it also like elevated my opinion of the game too. So like any kind of flaw, I was very willing to overlook and I thought it was a great game, but it probably jumped up a few points just because I love Kirby so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely nostalgia bias. Maybe that's like a new thing. We'll have to research and figure out nostalgia bias. Um, yeah. So like along the same lines of like what you're saying, like, we're yeah we're all just adults now with disposable income you know and i mentioned this but like this is why we're seeing you know blink 182 announcing a new album and like a new tour because we're all at the age now we're like oh yeah i grew up with blink i'm nostalgic for that music i would love to maybe hear that and see it and i I don't know if i told you this but i went back and listened to like some of their live performances not good dude not yeah <laughs> they are not good live so no offense to blink 182 you guys are great you make great music uh, i just think i would Again, that that isn't that is a good example of where nostalgia doesn't match maybe like the reality of like how I actually like what they actually are. And that's kind of like the next thing that actually segues like really nicely into this next one. Is there a disconnect between you think the nostalgia we feel and like reality? So like I'm not totally sure I always enjoy jumping back into a game. Um, 
like it's I'll, I'll play it for a little bit and i'm like oh yeah like Star Fox. you mentioned Star Fox. i like Star Fox 64 i'll play it and then i'm like okay i don't really care to play this whole game though even though that's like a short super easy like two hour game i'm just mm-hmm. like yep yeah, i'm good i was like you know i remember this cool flying around but like there's there are far better games now that i would actually enjoy playing more so like nostalgia i guess only gets me so far like yeah it makes me think about it a lot and enjoy those times but as soon as i get into the reality of playing that game i'm like Meh. but that's not always the case like again paper mario is a game that i absolutely mm-hmm. adore and so i mean i'm nostalgic about that game when mm-hmm. i played it when i was a kid and then like when i played it recently i was like this is still great it still holds yeah. up it's a great game and Zelda's the same way. It goes all the way back, you know? And yeah. so it really matters on the the quality of the substance, you know? It's like, like you said, nostalgia only goes so far, I yeah. think. Yeah. And that, I guess that's like a, that's a, that's why I think Nintendo probably is the best at this because they, I'm not saying other, other developers don't do this, um, but I do feel like Nintendo is the best at like really hammering down that quality. Um, at the first get-go and making something unique um not just from a graphical standpoint but from like an art style standpoint or gameplay standpoint it sticks with you more and then so when you go back you're like oh man yeah this is this plays exactly as i remembered it playing you know yeah i would say banjo kazooie is a good example of that also very very good so um and then i think like closing out on this how long does it take you think for something to become nostalgic um you mentioned this at the top, but I, I, I said like you know I'm I'm kind of nostalgic for 2014 playing you know PS4 Wii U mm-hmm. going to people's homes and stuff like that and just playing Rocket League Towerfall Nintendo Land all that kind of stuff. Um, so how like how long how like how short is too short? How soon can you become nostalgic for something? I mean, I think it's all about stages of life and like big events too. So I think like with COVID that things that are just a couple of years ago are going to feel really nostalgic because things have changed so much. I mean, we're podcasting over Zoom, like uh, all (laughs) kinds of craziness happened, you know? And so it's going to be easy to like, when there's such a big kind of before and after time, Mm. it's going to be easy to think back like, man, life seemed so simple back then or something (laughs) like that, you know? With things, oh man, how time flies, how time flies. Yeah, and I mean, especially getting kids too, having kids, Mm. it's like, you're going to feel nostalgic when, you know, your kid is two years old and it's like, Oh man, I remember when he was one. I remember when he was a baby, like baby. Yeah. Those are the good old days. Those are the best. Yeah. You're so right. Yeah. It's like with kids, it's probably even an easier connection because it's like, okay, they are this old and they were not able to do this. And now they're this old and now they're able to do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so there's a very clear breaking point there too. Um, I mentioned because we're kind of looking at the same thing for the next like 30 years, like for us, you know, it's like yep. we're not going to be changing all. We might switch jobs every so often, but like, yeah, we're not going to have it. we're not going to have that as much. But yeah, those different periods, I think that's a good a good point to like put it at. Um, and this is kind of a fun one. This is just something that I this is, I think, what actually started this whole topic in my brain. But like, what medium do you think is able to carry nostalgia the most? Um, so I gave some examples here, but like music, film, video games, like, and you can even like, some people talked about like senses, like the, for the five senses also are like really powerful in terms of like draw, mm. like drawing up nostalgia. Some people say smell is like the strongest one. So like you go in somewhere and like, oh man, yeah, this is like what I remember this smelling like. 
This my, yep. my, my, my grandma's apple pie. I was about to say, that, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, something that jumps out to me is like definitely cartoons and shows. You know, like mm. definitely watching SpongeBob and you know the original Pokemon show. Yeah. Like that's extremely nostalgic, you know. Um, but I think something about video games that is so uniquely nostalgic, and especially for us, is our lives ran parallel to the invention of these consoles. This is true. This so is it's true. like every time a new console came out, it was revolutionary. And mm-hmm. so it's like we were seeing consoles being created and like making history every single time. But now it's like how much different is the next PlayStation going to be? Yeah, I was thinking the exact same. I'm going exactly where you are, where I was just like, yeah, you know, it's, it's the same thing with phones, too. Like, when you got a new phone, it felt like something new and unique and different than what had come before. Um, and it was it was a big jump. And, you know, and with video game consoles, it was always, like, every, like, four or five years. I mean, the Wii was, uh, what, 11 years or something like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, again, a marked time, a marked time that you were, like, playing that specific console, you know, and then the Wii U had a very short lifespan. Uh <laughs> But yeah, I mean, even like when the Switch came out, like I'm kind of like nostalgic for like that first period of the, the Switch coming out. Like we're all playing Breath of the Wild together yep. and, you know, I'm bringing it to the office and we're playing. Like I fought, fought my first Guardian at Bellhops. So I was like, holy <laughs> shit, what is that? You know, that's um, awesome. So yeah, I think like for me, I don't know, going beyond like video games a little bit, I think the biggest element for me though in video games is the the music. Mm. Um, and it's maybe because I'm at an office all day and I can have, I can play a soundtrack in my, like my, in the background. And this is like truly where it started. But like, I was, I was just crushing emails and all of a sudden the, the, one of this, one of the background world themes from Kirby 64 came on and I was like, holy smokes. Like I had to like stop for a second. I was like, (laughs) I was like, I am back in my apartment in like Ohio, like right after I had just moved there and all I had was my N64 and we were like renting Kirby 64 and I was just trying to play through these levels. Like my brain went there like immediately. And I was wow. like, whoa. Uh, so like for me, it's, it, I think it's music. Like it has to be like the music because I think this is kind of interesting too. Like because I was watching my brother play a lot, you know, I mean, obviously I, I'm watching the screen, but like maybe I'm sort of halfway paying attention so i'm just hearing the music more than i'm like watching the screen sometimes Mm. and so yeah you know hearing those themes i'm like oh yeah i remember this i remember this music this is a good song bomberman hero that was a weird one we rented a lot and that music is really good you should listen to that sometime it's it freaking rips nice but yeah man i mean just kind of a just kind of a fun a fun revisit on this on nostalgia. So any 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 closing closing comments that you were thinking of before we uh, close the show out here? No, I don't think so. Um, you know, uh, I was thinking back to that my nostalgic memory from the the top of the segment. But uh, something else funny about that night is I recorded a couple vines that night. Six seconds of people playing video games. So just. Uh, <laughs> To add a little more nostalgia to the to the whole thing. Oh man, that is a cl- that's a perfect closing segment. Vine <laughs> being nostalgic. And now we live in the world of TikTok hell. <sighs> wow. 
Well, hey, that, that unfortunately, all that is the end of our podcast. But that was awesome, Matt. Thanks for uh, thanks for jumping on and and talking about this, dude. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'm a very nostalgic person, so you know, I'm just surprised I didn't get a little teary, a little teary eyed. You know, <laughs> it's a good time. <laughs> uh, yeah, listeners, if you are, uh, if you made it all the way into the podcast, what are some what are some gaming memories that you're most nostalgic about? Let us know. Uh, you can write into us at bitcast at bitbloggers.com. You can send questions or any of your comments on Spotify. You can actually record voice messages there if you want to, and we'd love to play those off on the show next time. Uh, Matt, anywhere people can find you? Any, anything you want to plug real quick? Catch me in real life. <laughs> Catch me IRL or on Mastodon. That's where everyone's <laughs> going now, apparently. But yeah, be sure to check out all of our most recent posts on bitbloggers.com. And until next time, y'all, this has been BitCast. Thanks for tuning in. Let's talk about some stuff. <laughs>